tuned in to the Animal Control Report with your hosts. Oh, good grief. Ashley Bishop. You think that was going to change? <laughs> and Daniel Edinger. Got to keep something the same, right? Something consistent. So exciting. We're going to have a good show today. This is the Animal Control Report. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Angel Linscott, she, she reached out. She's like, yo, you need an Instagram page specifically for the podcast. So check that out. It is the Animal Control Report. The Animal Control Report on Instagram. She's going to be in charge of that. So shout out to Angel oh, for hooking that up. I'm awesome. just saying, oh, good. Because I don't do Instagram. Well, I have an Instagram. But yeah, it's just hard. It's I a lot of work. So yeah, greatly appreciate her for handling that. So check that out. Um, it's pretty new, but we have some followers there. Check out our website. That is humanemain.com for all the exciting up-to-date stuff. Obviously, you can listen to the podcast there, but wherever you're listening to the podcast now is probably the place you're going to continue to listen to. What's going on, Bishop? I, you know what? I have a case I'm working on right now that I can't, I can't go in depth on. Um, But let me tell you, when we talk about having to wait on a case, you Mm. got to wait to that moment, gathering your evidence or wait for that little bit bigger thing to happen Um, over a year for me, over a year. And I am finally getting there and I'm working with the ASPCA again. I'm getting on first name basis with a lot of them down there. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. That's good though, that they're so helpful. Shout oh, they're out. fantastic. Shout out ASPCA. Yeah. Um, and getting a lot of really good evidence. I actually have to drive an animal three or hour and a half away tomorrow i have to be to work at 5 30 in the morning okay uh to get an animal in for a full body ct so is the animal alive yes all right cool well we'll leave it at that we don't want to give too much away i i'm gonna we have a great guest coming on here in a second but i want to read this uh story about some horses we're gonna talk horses today you know it's the last probably the last maybe 10 or 15 episodes we really started to hit hard with horses because the 150 before that, we really didn't have much horse talk, did we? We did plenty of horsing around. Okay. Bada boom. <laughs> wow. All right, here we go. So this is from KATC.com out of Washington, Louisiana. I'm going to try to read this in my Louisiana voice. Oh, good. Good. I apologize <clears throat> to any Louisianians. What are they? Louisiana? Couple charged with animal cruelty. No, all right, I won't do that. Couple Please charged don't. with animal... <laughs> Couple charged with animal cruelty, nine horses seized. According to authorities, a couple was arrested by St. Landry's Parish government investigators on animal cruelty charges. On December 29th, 2022, St. Landry's Parish Animal Control was contacted about possible animal neglect case on White Oak Road in Washington. Upon arrival, Detective Mark Kidler observed around 15 horses, nine which were severely malnourished, neglected, and one horse had an open infection on its face, officials say. Animals were seized and taken into custody of the St. Landry's Animal Control Center, where they will be nourished back to health. Both husband and wife, Rigoberto Martinez Gonzalez and Sharon Martinez from White Oak Road in Washington, were charged with nine counts each of simple cruelty to animals. And then animal control, this is uh, from 
this is a quote from Jesse Bellard. I don't know who that is. Animal control affects more than just dogs and cats. So to see multiple horses in this condition is unacceptable. Our office is committed to enforcing all laws on animals, big and small. And then they just, ba- oh, that's probably the animal control director. Cause then they just give their phone number. So it just goes to show like, you know, horses, they're not a cheap mm. animal. They're, they're, you can get them pretty easily, but to, the upkeep is not easy. And I would imagine in Louisiana, they probably feel like, okay, well, they're at pasture. They can just eat and then we don't have to do anything, right? Well, and don't we have some friends with a website that has uh, a thing on it that says how much yearly it would cost to keep a horse? Yeah, it's not cheap. No. It not is not at cheap. All. So that I think that was you're talking about um, Joel, if I'm not mistaken, Joel Horton, and it, check that episode out. It was a couple, of, probably like ten episodes ago or something at this point. But yeah, and then we've also had the American Horse Council on. So like horses are amazing creatures, but gosh, like nine of them you can see on these photos. Again, if you go to katc.com, katc.com, a couple you can probably just put in horse. And then it'll pull it up. Uh, you can see how neglected these animals were. So hopefully they're able to, to get these all back to health and maybe get them adopted to someone that can actually take them. So let's get our guest on, uh, Jenny Rose Gay. She's a horse expert, uh, and she she can probably speak a little bit to these investigations as she's done this in the past as well. Jenny, thank you and welcome to the, the I almost said it, I almost said it, the Animal <laughs> Control Report. Jenny, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So just really quick, you know, we know a little about you, but tell our listeners kind of your background and, and what you do. Absolutely. I am a, an approved volunteer equine humane investigator and that is approved by the Illinois Department of Agriculture. Um, so I've been doing that since 2008. Uh, kind of moved out. I'm in northern Illinois. So probably about an hour and a half from downtown Chicago proper. And we moved out to what I call sub-rural Illinois, where you have new subdivisions backing right up against existing farmland. Um, and started volunteering for an equine humane organization. And the investigations director at the time said, I think you'd make a great investigator. And the state provides training. You take a test. You have to take an additional test if you're going to investigate equines. And then you have to recertify every two years. Wow. That's great. So you've been doing this close to what if I can do math correctly 15 years 14 years yeah 14 years <clears throat> but you said volunteer so you're not with like an organization technically or are you with somebody I am sponsored so how it works is you are sponsored by a licensed humane organization in the state you need to prov- undergo a background check and then provide two letters of reference, one of which is from your veterinarian. So as we all know, people love their animals, but sometimes they're not real regular about getting them either just general wellness checks or treatment for any physical issues. So that is why 
as an investigator, you are required to provide a letter of reference from your veterinarian. Interesting. That's actually a very interesting concept because I've had a recent epiphany um, regarding somebody that I know that does look into some animal welfare and found out about their own animals. And I'm like, huh, I'm not sure this is the career for you. <laughs> so many of those light bulb moments. Yeah. Yeah. So Jenny, talk about like how, how often are you going out and investigating? I've done, um, it, it can depend. There are days where I will go out and hit four different addresses in the day. Um, and many times it is a case of because I'm located in a county that's sort of what I would call a far collar county of Chicagoland, you have a lot of people that move out to the suburbs and they don't have a background in large animals. Got it. So we'll get a call, you know. Horses are dead in a field. <laughs> Everybody's favorite call. Clearly, Every, horses never lay down. <laughs> everybody's favorite call. They don't. And it was interesting. Um, I actually got a case that was a call from a municipality. And they said, we keep getting called about this one address. And clearly the owner was like the developer holdout. Like... Mm-hmm new subdivision all around. Mm, yep. They were on a corner, so their horses were very visible and the village kept getting calls about the horses. And they called us and said we would like you to go out, look at them and then give us a report so that when we get the calls we can say there was a state investigator, well, there was an approved investigator that went out evaluated the animals, they are experts in this, and whatever your report finds. And of course, the animals were fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's June, it's sunny out, you tan on your deck, they're tanning in the field. <laughs> Can <laughs> we talk it... too quickly, Jenny, about like, you've been on a case, and there is there is actual like, something that constitute yeah probable cause something that constitute charges what happens as volunteer investigators and i think to my knowledge illinois is the only state that does this um we do not have enforcement authority on our own so we work very closely with law enforcement and animal control agencies And they would be the ones to take and file the charges. Interesting. So, but you have to do the report, the investigation and everything? The report, um, photo, video, documentation, write it up, be able to um, explain what statute is being violated. Um, I've had the experience, I mean, God bless law enforcement. They have so much on their plate. I've experienced cases where they don't realize 
we have criminal statutes in Illinois and what's called combined statutes. And the Humane Care for Animals Act falls is a combined statute. And they literally are not aware that that's something that they can enforce. Mm. So I will typically say, hey, let's meet, you know, at the Starbucks over here before we go to the case. I just kind of run down what the concern is and what, you know, this is the statute. This is what we're going to be looking for. So they are aware of, of what the plan is when we are on site. Do you know of any other states or anything that utilize a volunteer investigator? It, the, the word volunteer keeps throwing me for a loop. Right. And, and I'm <laughs> mentioning that because we are not um, in any way employees of the Illinois Department of Agriculture. Department of Ag does have paid employee investigators. They utilize the volunteer investigators as sort of the front line, the, the eyes in the field. They can't be everywhere. Um, and so they have people that are willing to undergo the training and willing to recertify and, and donate their time. And so that's kind of the first step. And if a case is particularly serious, time sensitive, or egregious, the organization will call Department of Ag and say, we need, we need your investigator to come out and look at this. Jenny, do you ever have to testify? I have been subpoenaed. I didn't actually testify. So I had a case that, um, and again, it, it started with us. It ended up, the charges were brought by our county animal control agency. So there was a person who, um, and Bishop, you probably know, know all this. So there are different kinds of horse boarding. There's everything from full care where you could, you know, drop your horse off and come out and pet it a few times a month and they take care of all the care. All the way down to self-care board, which is you pay someone a set amount a month to use their land. You are responsible for purchasing and feeding your horse, cleaning the stalls, turnout any medication, any fly spray, anything like that. There was a person who made a point to find self-care facilities, not feed their horses, not pay their board, get banned from the facilities, cut the locks, remove their horses in the dead of night, mm -hmm. and go to the next facility with this horrible sob story about my God, they just prevented me from seeing my horses and I couldn't get on the property and that's why I couldn't feed them and that's why they look like this. Okay. So they recognized that the horses uh -huh. were... Okay. Yeah. So by the time I encountered this person, it was the fourth facility she was at. Oh. And we did our initial investigation, got the story... Their mom was ill. They were traveling back and forth. You know, they were taking in rehab cases because we, we are located about an hour northwest of what was Arlington Racetrack. Mm 
So we had a lot of people that love to rehab horses that really shouldn't have attempted to do that. Um, Everybody wants a pony in their backyard. Right. Everybody. I mean, I'd want one, but. Well, and you know, if you have, I'm jumping quick tangent. If you have resources and they're not racing and they're not winning you money and someone comes along with the trailer that says, oh, well, I can, you know, you pay me and I'll feed them and let them rest. And then you can try racing them again in six months or whatever. Um, that was another really interesting case. Back to my my Ford barn hopper. Mm. So we went back a month later. <laughs> Horses were still <laughs> not in good condition. And I said, oh, well, you know, how's your mom doing? Oh, she's a raving B-I-T-C-H, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> At which point. Forgot her I, lie. Right. So I literally did the lean back, looked at my partner and went, okay, this is game over. This is not a thing. So we called animal control. Never have I gotten a call back fast enough because they knew of her, but didn't know where she had gone. Ah, uh, they're looking for her. Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, oh, she's right here. Really? Within 48 hours, there were trailers, there were sheriffs. We... Again, that's goes no. back to my earlier statement, yeah. Dan, that sometimes you got to wait. Those yeah. animal control officers had to wait until they found her and got the evidence collected. Mm -hmm. And Well, did they impound in this situation because they of did. like, well, they because of the, the like trespass and theft? Because there were the well was the welfare of the animals okay? No, unfortunately, um, there were eight horses impounded, three passed away. So, um, that case from start to finish was over five years long. What? Wow. So, and were those horses in custody those entire five years? They were, unfortunately. Um, the five living horses were returned to her. Oh. So, <sighs> Jenny, what is your day? What's like, what's your day job? What do you do when you're not investigating cases? I work for a company that does fire alarm and sprinkler system inspections. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Do you get to go out and do the inspections? I, I will. I actually just started with them. So yes, they keep telling me they will send me out in the field with the inspectors. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. The other thing I'm super passionate about is technical large animal emergency rescue. And so, you work with code three on that type of stuff, right? I do. Um, I work with code three on disaster animal response. And I work with Rebecca Jimenez for the technical large animal emergency rescue. It's actually all like one big family. <laughs> it's just different branches. Different names. Can you give a, yeah. can you share an experience with rescuing a, a large animal? Um, let's see. Actually, I can. I was horse sitting for a friend of mine and she had two mares, female horses. And I walked out Saturday morning. They they went to a family wedding and her older mare, who was about 27, and 
had already survived two bouts with EPM, which is a neurological disease typically transmitted by possums. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's, I want to say it's, I'd have to look it up. It's equine proto something mylitis. Um, but she was down in her run out and on kind of on her back up against the fence. And she was, you know, a bit of a senior citizen and had been on some new medication for about two weeks. And I think she was feeling good enough to lay down, but she rolled and couldn't roll back to get up. Um, and so of course my first call was to my husband saying, get over here. The second call was to my bar manager at the time going, oh my gosh, because this was before I had actually gotten really involved in TLAR and learned what to do. Um, but it was interesting. So my bar manager's like, got to get her up on her feet, Mm. get two lead ropes, put them around her fetlock, which is if you think of people, like the ankle and pull her over. And if you know anything about horses, something to keep in mind is their legs are very fragile. Horse people are always feeling for heat and watching for injuries and that kind of thing. And I'm like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. So we went a little higher up sort of right under where the leg meets the body and we rolled her over and she popped right up and we got a little water and everything. The vet came out and checked her and she was, she was fine. But um, it was interesting because about, it was actually probably about four months later was my first TLR class with Rebecca Jimenez. And that was the first thing she said is appendages are not handles. Hmm. Appendages so, are not. That's a great quote. Right. I so can here's see Dan using that. <laughs> here's here's a fun wow. fact. Every, yep, I might use it. Every bone in the horse skeleton correlates to a bone in the human skeleton, except for one. Ooh, this is a quiz. I'm gonna go with every bone. Let's see, da, 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 except for one. Mm-hmm. Um, the tail. No. Bishop, what you got? Oh, coffin bone. Nope. It is the collarbone, the clavicle. Horses do not have collarbones. Huh. So, um, anyway, but just as, and, and we, we tell our first responders this, just as a fireman, you wouldn't walk up to a car and pull someone out by their arm. Don't pull on horse legs. I I Googled while we were sitting here chatting. Mm-hmm. EPM, a neurological disease that horses get from eating, eating infective, infected possum feces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, possums are very rare to get rabies. But if you Why eat is feces, that, Dan? Because their body temperature is too low okay. to be a, 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 a um, which I'm going to call incubator Doctor. for the, thank you, whatever you would call it. Anyway, equine... I'm going to screw this up so bad. It's called equine protozoal myelinencephalitis. There you <laughs> something, go. Something like that. Uh, myelinencephalitis. Thank you. Yes. And uh, 
So don't eat the possum feces, just FYI. And I don't think horses do it on purpose. They just probably are eating grass that has possum poo on it. Absolutely. And that's why you'll see horse people um, typically work very diligently to ensure that their hay and feed is contained, um, yeah. you know, in a barn, on a pallet, off the ground. Yeah. You know, grain is in, you know, you'll see a lot in metal trash cans because um, those adorable little buggers will chew right through a plastic one. Um, and so th- that's why, because a lot of zoonotic or transmittable diseases, you know, that can pass from animal to animal are passed through urine and feces. Well, on that note, (laughs) (laughs) where do you go from there? We're going to go to the pig of the litter. That's where we're going. Ah, excellent. Now you are the first contestant on the 2023 version of the pick of the litter. So did you see her email, Dan? She was studying and getting ready for it, but she doesn't know what the questions are, which is great. Nope. No, you can't change them yeah. on me. We did. We changed them for the new year. And no. we're just the first the first contestant on this prize game called Pick of the Litter. Now, with the Pick of the Litter, in years past, you had an option to pick none. You had an option to pick all or your own. That still stands. No issues there. And... What you'll do is uh, just give us your best answer. We we don't necessarily ask for an explanation, but if you want to give one, you're more than welcome to. Excellent. Take it away, Bishop. All right. How many years have you been in animal welfare? Fourteen. Okay. Did you intentionally get into it or was it more of an organic like down the road this just happened to be open and you got involved it was organic so when we moved out here um to it's actually the county in illinois that has the most horses per capita so i I picked a good place um i went to volunteer i've loved horses always had friends with horses that were generous enough to share their time with them. And local, you know, we, we were lucky to have several local equine humane organizations. And I went to volunteer with one, figuring I would learn from the ground up. And I literally spent a year, you know, picking fields, cleaning stalls, kind of doing the grunt work. And then the investigations director suggested that I, I test. And I'm like, I, I don't know that much about horses. She's like, we'll teach you what you need to know. I'm like, ah, okay. It feels like maybe not the best basis for telling someone else what to do with their horses, but okay, sure. We'll go with it. Um, so I did, I did test and um, I am, my personality is that I will read and study and learn for ages before doing. And so I've continued to read and study and learn. I actually went back to school and got an equine science certificate from a local college um, and then just kept going and got involved in um, the barn that we took riding lessons at, had a trick riding team. They were on their way back from a show, had a very unfortunate trailer accident, lost one horse. Um, another one was laid up for about a year and the third, of course, the goofiest one was perfectly fine and walked right off. Um, 
But the interesting thing for that was that the law enforcement officers typically will not um, do a humane gunshot euthanasia. And so the horse that we lost in that accident um, had basically lost a, a hoof. And there's no way to recover from that. No. Um, and it took 40 minutes for the veterinarian to get there uh, and took suffered for that long Four euthanasia injections to put him down. Okay. Uh, wow. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way. And I yeah. started Googling and that's how I met Rebecca and, um, through Rebecca was introduced to Eric Thompson with code three associates and started working with them. And so it's, it's really just grown organically. Just cool. one okay. person to another person to another person. Sorry, really long answer. <laughs> it's okay. Um, do you specifically work for a work or volunteer for a nonprofit code enforcement, law enforcement, or shelter? It's a not-for-profit. Okay. Bishop. What? It's not in the thing. It's not in the drop-down. You put that one in, not me. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this, is what we, this is what we do on our uh, show live. We just, you know, um, it's, it's always evolving. How many, so the question is, is how many officers are in the department? How many, how many volunteers are there like you? Throughout the state, there are about 165 volunteer humane investigators, not all of those are equine. And I don't have a specific number of equine. Um, I know the organization I'm with has, I believe, about 15. Okay. And I would just ballparking off the list, I'd say there's maybe 30 or 40 equine throughout the state. So based on the organization that you work with, what's the population size that you and the 15 officer or 15 volunteers cover? It is based on, so our investigators are throughout the state. We have um, investigators in Northern Illinois, Central Illinois, and Southern Illinois. So it depends on their county like i will go anywhere in the state some people just prefer to stay in their own county they don't want to travel that far sure um and it it's really tough to say because cook county where chicago is located and there actually are horses in chicago um you know has about five million people and when you get down south, you know, our smallest county has 3,700 people. So okay. it, it just, it varies. But um, in my area, it, the top I put 12.6 million, so we can leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, right up around Chicagoland, we probably have five, six, Seven, three, probably about eight million 
people. Again, taking Chicago out of that would, you know, probably drop that down sure. considerably. Um, do you have a vehicle with uh, emergency lights or amber lights? I do not. Okay. But my husband has his truck, which is called the baby. Um, it's a, a one Dodge Ram and he, he does have a couple blinky lights on it. So, which he got, we got to use when, uh, one of our trees fell across our road and he got to pull the truck out and put the blinky lights on. So people didn't have the tree. It was very exciting. <laughs> um, so, uh, for state or department required certification, you said that you did have to become certified and recertify every two years, correct? Correct. And then do you have any kind of PPE, like a firearm, baton, OC? I have my clipboard and my smile. Ah, okay. If, if you could ride along with anybody for a day, who would it be? I love this question. Yeah. yeah I like that one, Dan. Although I'd have a hard time answering it, but I like it. That's a really good question. Um, well, you know, of course the two of you, I mean, that goes without saying, <laughs> well, but, Hey, I'm not that far from you. Come on uh, up. Right. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, um, I would have to say probably Mark Kampf. Uh, Mark. Just, he's been so kind and willing to share his knowledge and um you know it's it's can be a challenge enough for okay i know we we struggle with the titles and descriptions um you know the the paid officially recognized with the appropriate authority animal control officers but for volunteer investigators there's really no training out there. Yeah, that's sure. a good point. It's a really good point. So that's, um, he's, he's been very kind to answer a lot of questions and, and help me make connections and meet a lot of really wonderful ACOs. He's a super resourceful guy and just, you know, someone I also consider a friend. So I, I appreciate that answer and I'm sure he does too. So thank you for, yeah, thank you for saying that. Jenny, was there anything we didn't that you wanted to make sure we chatted about before we go that we didn't bring up? Gosh, I think um, probably the biggest thing for ACOs, if you kind of encounter a horse gone walkabout, is just remember that they're prey animals and they're very attuned to your <laughs> your energy and what you're projecting, which obviously all of you guys already do with animals, but, um, they're, they're a little bigger. <laughs> I don't think people actually, and maybe other ACOs and people who deal with animals know, but if you haven't ever dealt with horses, I don't know that anybody really knows how true that is. And it really does go both ways as far as with horses and, cats and dogs but just to see their 
behavior change, their, their body language change mm-hmm. based off of the emotions that you yourself portray is just crazy to me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the one tip I would offer is, well, two. First one is never wrap a lead rope around your hand. <laughs> you always want to kind of do an S pattern. So if they decide they're going to take off, let them take off. Drop what, what did you say earlier? Ex- extremities are not handles. <laughs> These are not handles, and that counts for years. There's so as many well. good title opportunities for this game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for this for the name of this episode, extremities are not handles, and then Barnhopper. I like Barnhopper. <laughs> Barn, right, Barnhopper is definitely a thing, right, Bishop? Yep. yep. Um, and the second thing is uh, a plastic peanut butter jar or coffee can with a handful of aquarium gravel or just little pea-sized gravel. Um, grain well, can. Grain can, yep. Probably lure in 80% of horses that are wandering oh, yeah. around. You got something sweet in there? I'll, t- I'll take that. <laughs> oh, you did. It's great. So, you know, some don't like peppermint, some don't like cookies. And, you know, if you got it in your truck, you don't really want food sitting in there forever, but... I have discovered aquarium gravel in a you know small peanut butter jar, and you shake that, and hmm. usually you're good to go. Then they get mad when you don't give them a treat, but it's fine. You get them no. locked up. Yes, but you know we all have little snackies around. Little so. snacks. <laughs> My dog's going crazy in the background. If you can hear, I him. can hear him. He's like, "What's going on, dude? I'm going crazy." <laughs> okay, Jenny. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciated having you on and kind of getting all of your insight. It's amazing that you do this work volunteer wise that's something to be really commended so thank you for doing that and you know you always have a friend here at the animal control report so never mm-hmm. um, never wow don't ever feel that you can't reach out if, if there's you know resources that we can pass along to our listeners or vice versa uh, we're happy to share that thank yeah. you absolutely and and for acos who are interested in learning more um start with your state horse council i know I am on the Horseman's Council of Illinois with a friend of the podcast, Lauren Malmberg. And um, that's always a really good resource. Otherwise, your state extension office can probably direct you to a horse program or just see if there's a horse club in your county. They're always happy to answer questions, probably have you out and handle a horse a little bit. So there's some resources. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for listening. Check out our Instagram, our newly made Instagram. The I'm Animal excited. Troll report. Man, my dog is, he's also excited. Hi, puppy. <laughs> Hi, Uni. Check out the, the Animal Control Report. Check out our website, humanemain.com. And as always, thanks for listening to the show and keep it humane. Humane. Great stuff. <laughs>